Welcome to the United Pentecostal Church of Paris this Sunday evening. Congratulations, you made the right decision. And you made it here tonight. You may have fought a battle to get here. You may have had some choices, some options. (laughs) Nothing's coming to mind for me. I can't. But you made the right choice. And so we are glad you are here. And you're going to be blessed because of it. I believe that. And so we have some announcements I want to make before we get started. We have Brother Brad Davis will be ministering again tonight. Who enjoyed this morning? Yes. Wonderful message, and we look forward to his ministry here tonight. We also have uh, this coming Wednesday night, Brother Dickie will be ministering, and that is something everybody looks forward to. So you want to be here at 7 p.m. this Wednesday night for that. And then this next Sunday will be Youth Sunday. Sunday night at 6 p.m. Our youth will be singing and will be a great service. It's something you do not want to miss. And we also have on the... (laughs) And then on the 20th, we'll have our Ladies United Fellowship. And the sign-up sheet is in the foyer. And so make sure if you're interested in that, ladies, to sign up in the foyer on that sign-up sheet. That is going to be on the 20th of this month. And then on the 23rd, we have Tanner and Kylie's wedding shower at the Family Life Center at 6.30 p.m. That will be on the 23rd. It sounded like a graduation here with the applause after everything. And then on the 25th, we have our crew cookout. Family life. This is going to be at the Family Life Center at 5 p.m. And the sign-up sheet is also in the foyer. And then on the 26th, our monthly mission pledge is due. And online registration for our uh, Ladies Joy Conference is open right now. And then we'll have our memorials, uh, Mother's Memorial Pledge Cards. That offering is going to be due on July the 1st. And so now we are, as we're wrapping up, I'm sure you're tired of hearing me talk about our strawberry fundraiser. So this should be about it. But we are needing a little bit more chocolate. If you, have had, if you have not donated yet, we are needing some more of the chocolate almond bark. And I saw Walmart does have some. I bought some from there last night. So find, it's the, just find the Walmart brand, great value brand, chocolate almond bark, and also the vanilla or the white chocolate. Get that brand because you're able to get more for less. And so if you can get it, bring it to, to my house, bring it to the church kitchen, and we can get it over to the family center And that is going to be coming up this Tuesday. And then we also have, if you are at all able to help wash the strawberries, we are doing that at 4.30 tomorrow, 4.30 p.m. We are washing the strawberries. So if you are free to help out with that, we encourage you to come to help support. And then also we are starting on the dipping the strawberries, the preparing, and the the delivering at 7 a.m., Tuesday morning. I said five and maybe six this morning. Luckily, it's not. It's seven. So it's going to be, you can sleep in a little bit. And it's going to be at 7 a.m. We encourage anybody that can to come and help out. We need as many hands as we can. And so that is going to be it for our announcements. Let's stand up. Let's turn around, look to your neighbor, tell them, I'm glad you're here. And let's worship the Lord together in Jesus' name. Sing unto the Lord, for He is worthy to be praised. I will sing unto.
you can give me, God. Praise be the name of the Lord. Praise God. saying amen those that believe that the Lord is in the house tonight let me hear it amen. what you have done is confirmed that you believe healing is in the house tonight what you have let me know is you believe deliverance is in the house tonight what you let me know is you believe that love, that transformation, that what you are needing is in the house tonight because when God walks in Things change. When God walks in, what you need becomes present. When, when God walks in, lives begin to change. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. And so right now, as our faith is elevated, as we begin to worship, what we are going to do is bring forth some names and believe that God is going to move. We have Alex Stevens. Lois Weems, Jonathan Crawford, Miller Gambari, Rex Foster, Bob Bolton, Billy Bolton, Brother and Sister Trinado, Brother and Sister Proctor, Nelson and Missy Miller, Chaplain Steve Gibbs, Loretta Edwards, Brother and Sister Bristow, George and Mildred Pratt. And so what I want you to do tonight is not take the Spirit of the Lord for granted. To not take the healing power of the Lord for, gra for granted. But if there is a need in your body or if there is a need that you know God can move in, I encourage you to come to the front and allow ministers to pray for you and anoint you with oil and believe that situations will be changed and believe that you will walk out of here different and believe that God will be the God that he says that he is because he has not lied yet. And I don't plan to see it anytime soon. So I believe tonight as we step forward, that prayers are going to be answered, that seeds are going to be planted, that lives are going to be changed, that bodies are going to be healed, that relationships are going to be mended because that is who God is. And so, Father, I thank you for who you are. I thank you for your spirit. I thank you for your promise. I thank you for what you have planned for us. And God, I pray that our faith begins to elevate, that we begin to cast our cares on you, God, to receive your promise, to receive your healing, to receive what you are wanting to do tonight. Have your way in Jesus' name.
for a house that I can come to that I can worship and I can get into the throne room and I can get into the presence of God with people I truly call family and I'm excited to see what God continues to do what he's already doing and what he's going to continue to do in this service here tonight and so father I thank you for the spirit we've already felt in this place tonight and I pray that we continue to move into your presence we continue God to dwell in your presence and I pray that you bless what is given and that you bless the giver and anoint the word as it's brought here today in Jesus name we pray amen I'm thankful that his grace is sufficient and that no matter what we're going through that we know that we can stand upon his word and his promises are true Special powers There's no secret 
foundations. He is a keeping God. Come on, church, Lord, we give you praise tonight. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah. Aren't you thankful that he kept you when you couldn't keep yourself? Aren't you thankful he held you when you didn't know how you could go on any longer? I don't know what I'd do if it wasn't for the church. I thank God for the church, and I thank God for the one who holds the church. Amen. Amen, amen. So good to be in service on a Sunday night. Amen. The Holy Ghost is in this room. Didn't this praise team do awesome tonight? Man. Holy Ghost up in this room. And again, I just, I'll be brief in my remarks this evening. I want to say again how honored we are uh, to be here. I spoke to Pastor Meyer this afternoon, but uh, I give him high honor, he and his sweet wife, Sister Meyer. And uh, you love and appreciate your pastor and wife. Amen. Thank God for the Meyers and uh, incredible, incredible people. And um, I have lots of preacher friends, and we used to spend many of uh, Friday mornings at the Texas District Camp Meeting and at an IHOP, and we just listened to Pastor Meyer talk for about an hour and a half. And uh, he, he's good at that, and he does a good job at investing in young ministers, and I'm thankful for his investment in my personal life and give him high honor tonight. And again, I want to say it's always great uh, for my wife to be here with me. And I love her so much. Incredible singing, babe. Love and appreciate you. Amen. I believe God wants to speak to us. I understand what today is. I know it's Super Bowl Sunday. I'm not crazy. Some of you are recording the game right now until you get home. I understand all that. I feel like the Lord wants to talk to us, though, for a few minutes tonight. Amen. If you have your Bibles, we're turning to Daniel chapter 2. And um, I'm going to be reading from the New King James, um, Daniel chapter 2, verses 31 through 35. And um, just a little context before we get into our scripture reading or you'll be caught off guard. We're picking up in the middle of Daniel speaking to King Nebuchadnezzar regarding a dream he had. And the scripture tells us that he summoned his magicians, he summoned his sorcerers, but nobody could interpret the dream. And he was so mad that he had made his mind up to kill everybody in the kingdom who was a wise man. And Daniel said, my Lord, he told Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, if you guys don't mind, please pray and see if God won't reveal to me what the dream is. And the Bible says in the night hours that God gave Daniel the vision, the interpretation of the dream. So in verse 31, we're picking up when Daniel was talking to Nebuchadnezzar. And he tells him what he was seeing. He says, you, O king, you were watching and behold a great image. This great image whose splendor was excellent stood before you and its form was awesome. This image's head was of fine gold, its chest and arms of silver, its belly and thighs of bronze, of bronze, its legs of iron, its feet partly of iron and partly of clay. He's explaining four kingdoms that would come. In verse 34, he says something pretty unique. He says, you watched while a stone was cut out without hands which struck the image on its feet of iron and clay and broke them in pieces. Then the iron, the clay, the bronze, the silver, and the gold were crushed together and became like chaff from the summer threshing floors. The wind carried them away so that no trace of them was found. 
and the stone that struck the image, it didn't stay little, the Bible says, but it became a great mountain. And it filled, the Bible says, the whole earth. I want to preach tonight for the next 20, 30 minutes on this thought, a moving church. A moving church. Why don't we pray? Lord, I have felt such a strong anointing in this house that we have been ushered into your presence with great singing and music. But Lord, help us, I pray, to somehow break the bread of life, God. Give us revelation tonight. Help us to see that we've been called to be a moving church. Lord, touch this sweet church, I pray. I pray your handprints would be on us tonight before we leave. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And everyone said amen. Clap your hands one more time tonight before you're seated in the presence of the Lord. A moving church. To move is to go in a specified direction. To move is to make progress. We touched on this this morning, but ever since the first century church was born in an upper room on the day of Pentecost, it has always been, it always will be for God's church to be a moving church. And someone said, Amen. It is God's perfect will for His church to be a church that rides wave after wave of His divine momentum. Now, momentum is a physics term and it can be defined simply as mass in motion. Momentum equals mass and velocity. All objects have mass. So if an object is moving, then it has momentum and therefore it is mass in motion. And the amount of momentum that an object has is dependent upon two variables, how much stuff is moving and how fast the stuff is moving. My daddy used to drive an 18-wheeler. I used to drive a concrete truck. Thank God I've been delivered of that, but I used to drive a concrete truck. And you can take a concrete truck full of concrete and take a a large load and, and start driving down the interstate, but if you've ever driven a semi or concrete truck, you understand that that truck cannot stop on a dime. But in order for it to avoid disaster, the driver has to start applying the brakes way before he reaches his desired stopping point. Because if not, the momentum from his load will not allow for the stop and he will cause danger not only for himself but for those all around him. If you want to know what a bad day looks like, just get in your car, drive up to the top of a winding mountain and let your brakes go out before you get to the bottom of the hill. You can start off at a controllable speed, but by the time you get to the bottom of the mountain, if you ever make it to the bottom of the mountain, the momentum from the car is going to cause you to go out of control. When an airline pilot applies full throttle to the jets of a plane, it starts off slow down the runway, but as it gains momentum, It moves faster and faster until finally at that certain speed it reaches what they call liftoff and it takes off from the ground and begins to fly. When there is an earthquake far out in the ocean, it can trigger something called a what? A tsunami. 
A tsunami is simply a large wave that gains momentum. And as this, this wave begins to move and begins to gain momentum, especially the closer it gets to the shore, it becomes larger in size. By the time it hits the shore, any and everything in its path will be consumed beneath this wall of water. And it's all a result of the momentum that happened as a result of plates that begin to shift underneath the earth. Now that is momentum regarding the law of physics and how it relates to objects. And there is momentum that can happen in a business, that can happen in a church. And it, it's simply creating a culture, creating an atmosphere that will produce hopefully momentum and in turn see desired results. But with that being said, momentum in the spiritual does not work the same way as it works in the natural. In most cases, human hands, human ideas have the ability to create either good momentum or bad momentum. But in the spirit, we do not have that authority. And this takes us back to our text. And I pick out what will be the crux of this message tonight. Daniel is interpreting a very troubled man's dream. This man, Nebuchadnezzar, he is telling the king, King, in your dream you saw what was a stone being cut out of the side of a mountain. But the odd thing about the dream was that it was being cut out of the mountain without men's hands. And not only was it being cut out, but when it was cut out, it was thrown to the earth and it crushed the feet of what would be a future kingdom. And this Feet were crushed and it didn't just stay small though, Nebuchadnezzar. You saw in this stream this, this stone began to grow and this stone became the size of a great mountain. But the, the powerful fact is that Nebuchadnezzar, you know in your dream what you saw. It didn't even stay a mountain. But this stone in the end, King Nebuchadnezzar, it filled the entire earth. And you and I know tonight that the stone that is spoken of here in Daniel 2 is a type and shadow. And it would be none other than Jesus Christ. Jesus himself applied the Old Testament writing of Psalm 118 when he was addressing a bunch of Pharisees in Matthew 21, 42. And he assured them that he was that stone when he said, The stone which the builders rejected. He's speaking of the religious rulers of that day. The stone you rejected me. The same is become the head of the corner. This, he said, is the Lord's doing and it is marvelous in our eyes. Jesus said, listen guys, I, I'm not just a stone, but I am the stone. I am the chief cornerstone. I am the foundation of the church. And this will be built upon me. It was the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 10, 4. And he tells the Corinthians about their forefathers who passed through the cloud of the Red Sea. He tells that they were all baptized unto Moses in the cloud in the sea. That they all had that same spiritual meat. But in verse 4 he hits them upside the head and says, You all did drink that same spiritual drink for they drank of that spiritual rock. That followed them and that rock was Christ. So tonight at the outset I have to remind this great church that 
The stone I preach about tonight is not just any old stone, but the rock I preach about tonight is Christ himself. And I tell you of the rock, Christ Jesus, because that rock, which is Jesus, now dwells in you and I. And my brothers and sisters, when you obeyed the gospel, you became a part of the church of the living God. You became a part of that church that Acts 20, 28 says that God purchased this church with his own blood. You became a part of a church that is a moving church. And now that you are in the church, everywhere you go, the rock goes. First Peter tells us in chapter 2 beginning at verse 3 if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is gracious. He said you are coming to him as a living stone rejected indeed by men but chosen by God and precious. He said you also you are lively stones. You are being built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. He said this church is it's just a bunch of lively stones walking about being built into a spiritual house. So tonight, everywhere you go, the rock goes with you. That rock which is Christ, he lives on the inside of you. No matter if you're a doctor, no matter if you're a truck driver, no matter if you're a welder, no matter if you're a grocery bagger, no matter if you're an engineer, no matter if you're a janitor, no matter if you're a school teacher, no matter if you're a college student, no matter if you're a junior high elementary student, ele rich people, poor people, middle class people, it matters not. This rock has never showed favoritism. He's no respecter of persons. This rock can go anywhere. Anybody lets him go. But the only thing that the rock is concerned about tonight, Brother Griffith, is whether or not we are a church that is on the move. Let me say at the outset, whatever you do, never be ashamed of the rock that lives on the inside of you. Because you don't know, like I know, what the rock did for me. The rock literally pulled me up off of the bottom. You know what's crazy? One of the most dangerous things to be is to be raised in an apostolic church but feel like you're going to hell inside because you've ran so far away. I was raised all my life in an apostolic church and found myself at one of the deepest pits of my life at 20 and 21 years old. But it was the rock, Brother Dickey, that found me and picked me up off the bottom. It was the rock that healed my mind. It was the rock that set me free, as I told you this morning, of suicidal thoughts. It was the rock that saved me, and it was the rock that delivered me. And let me tell you tonight, this rock, it has to go across this city it has to go across this county. It has to go across this state. It has to go across this nation. And it has to go around the entire world. And you are the church that the apostle said you've been set on a hill. And you cannot be hid. And we've got to make sure that we understand that we've been commissioned to propagate the gospel of Jesus Christ. The man of God said it this morning. We're living at the end of days and time is running out. If there was ever a need to have a moving church, it's right now in 2023. If there was ever a need for a church to find the power of moving, it's today. Oh, clap your hands to him right now. 
Everyone said, get in step with God. I want to revisit just the beginning. I spoke about being a church on the move and having God's divine momentum. I spoke about how that in the natural You and I, we have the ability, if you own a business, if you're just even in church growth, you have the ability to create atmospheres. You have the ability to cultivate things that happen within the body. And hear me tonight, you can have programs and that's all good and I'm for programs. You can have things that you do that cultivate areas in the body of Christ and that's good and we need those. But at the end of the day, a church that is on the move, Brother Stephen, is doing all that it can do. To be in step with God. A church that is on the move understands that we cannot make God move. I don't have the ability to force God to move when I say he needs to move. But if I'm at the right place, at the right time, doing the right thing, when he gets ready to move and says now is the time, there is not a devil in or out of Lamar County that can stop what the Holy Ghost wants to do. And I've come tonight to preach, I believe prophetically to this church tonight and tell you that this there is coming a move to this church. There is a harvest that's going to be unprecedented that rocks this city. It's going to get inside of PJC. It's going to get inside the high school. It's going to get inside the middle school. It's Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. I've come to tell somebody tonight this rock which is Christ Jesus is on the move in this city in case you didn't know. Don't you forget everywhere you go, everywhere I go. Hear me son tonight. I felt the Holy Ghost to tell you that God's going to use you to lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. I'm telling you tonight everywhere you go you can lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. You can cast out devils. I'm going to oh hallelujah. You can pray them through in the classroom. You can pray them through in the Walmart. It don't matter where you go just let the rock get loose in your life. on you she got said to teach on Bible studies I'm going to use you at the lunch table everybody said that's me I'm not preaching the leadership I'm not preaching the pastoral stuff I'm preaching to everybody under the sound of my voice everybody's included in this thing that God wants to do in this body I'm telling you right now God wants to do something so big. I never will forget, Brother Griffith. I was so goofy, 20 years old in Abilene, Texas. And I was used to having good Sunday night church. Come in, shout, talk in tongues, thank you, Jesus, hallelujah. Go home, go get something to eat and go to bed. Right? Never will forget, it was unprecedented to me, Brother Tanner. On a Saturday evening at Mary's Ice Cream in downtown Abilene. All of a sudden, I found out what a moving church really looks like. We were sitting there and in walked a very esteemed dentist in our community. And I thought, man, this is going to be great. Let's just not get too spiritual. Let's just talk about Jesus and how he loves us and we'll go home. We start talking about Jesus. And I was already kind of distancing myself because I thought church is supposed to be inside the four walls, not outside the walls. Never forget Brother Driscoll and I, we walked outside. You got to know Brother Driscoll, he's a very just a man of faith, and it's how he is. And we walked outside, and he said, how about we just pray before we leave here today? And I thought, oh, God, please not here, God, any place but here. 
Everybody's sitting ice cream at Saturday evening. Ain't nobody got time to get spiritual. You're laughing because you know that's you. That's how you are. (laughs) We walked outside, and here I am. Been preaching since I was 16, man. I was on fire. Just turn me loose to preach in the pulpit, preacher. But don't, don't, but don't ask me to be a, a moving church outside the church. <laughs> but just said, how about we just pray right here? And I thought, oh, God, here we go. And we prayed hands. And I, I literally did my just traditional prayer. Thank you, Jesus, for this day. I love you, God. Help us get out of here in Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs> I'm not lying. I'm just being honest. We start praying. And Brother Driscoll, the Holy Ghost, gets on him. I don't mind you speaking in tongues, but he started doing it in public. I thought, this ain't good. And while my hand's down, I hear a lady begin to pray fervently. I thought, ain't nobody here but me and this dentist and his wife. And I look up and all of a sudden the Holy Ghost hits this lady. And right in Mary's parking lot, she began speaking in a heavenly language as the Spirit of God gave the utterance. And I learned that day, you better not keep this church inside of a box. You better make sure this church goes to the highways and the byways. Don't just talk about it on Sunday and Wednesday. Don't just talk about it in student service. My God, be the rock that gets inside the streets and says God wants to move all over this city, not just in this church, but all over the city. High five somebody and tell them he's preaching to you tonight. I'm preaching to me too. I felt so strongly this evening that God is fixing to flex himself amongst this body. That you need to make sure that you are on the tiptoes, on your tiptoes in expectation. I've come tonight to preach to a Moving church. I didn't come tonight to preach to a church of monuments with eyes. I've come to preach to a bunch of lively stones. And I've come to prophesy and tell this body, now is the season. I told you a few minutes ago, we cannot force what God wants to do. He's he's not a genie in the bottle. He is a moving God. But he's looking for a moving church. And he's looking for a church on which he can put his divine momentum on. And I'm telling this church tonight in the name of Jesus that the divine momentum of God is fixing to set on top of this body. Wayne Smith said this about the momentum in the spiritual. He said, it's God's work. He said, we can't neither create, we can neither create a movement of God's spirit nor can we control it. But what we can do and what we should do is create an atmosphere charged with a desire for spiritual momentum. I told you this morning that this great church it started in the upper room of John Mark's mother's house with 120 people but they were a moving church and God set his divine momentum on about 120 and the Bible says that same day 3,000 were added to the church and millions have experienced the rock over the past 2,000 years and it will not stop until Christ catches his church away but you hear me tonight I'm not naive to the fact that every Sunday's revival Sunday. Every Sunday I know is not bouncing off the walls and swinging from the speaker so to speak. I understand that while the church globally, the church at large is constantly moving and it's constantly overshadowed by God's divine momentum. momentum. I understand that we're not always having great church. Well that's all true. I also know that on the local level there are churches that go through seasons 
And Ecclesiastes 3 says this, To everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven. There are planting seasons and there are harvesting seasons. So with that being said, there are seasons when God, if you will, zeroes in on a particular body. And he sends his divine momentum to a church. Now do not confuse a move of God with God's divine momentum. We have moves of God every service and we never want to stop the moving of a spirit. But it's different than a move. I'm telling you tonight in the name of Jesus, there are seasons of momentum that propels entire churches into another season. When God looks down on a church and says, I'm fixing to do a new thing. I'm fixing to create rivers in desert places. I'm fixing to start a momentum that nothing in this world, nothing in this area can stop it. I know they've seen moves before. I know they had great services. I know they've experienced different kinds of moves but I'm fixing to go above and beyond what they can ask or what they can think and I'm telling this church, I'm telling you God is zeroing in on this moving church and he knows that there are people in this house, you have conditioned yourself as a body you have tarried, you have prayed you have waited, you've seen great things but you hear me tonight you've not seen nothing yet God is fixing to pour his spirit out on this body and this entire area. And God will restore the years that the adversary has eaten away. And just like Isaiah, I say to you, it's been great. And I just believe it's going to get greater. Greater. God is going to do a new thing. God is going to make rivers in desert places where you thought you'd never be able to. I'm preaching tonight to a moving church. God's divine momentum is going to open up a channel and a river we preached about this morning. It's going to grow in what seemed like a trickle at first. I preach tonight to people who feel like, will we ever explode like we need to explode? I'm telling you tonight, God is going to turn that trickle into a mighty rushing river. The walls you thought that would never fall are going to lay flat. Why? I prayed before, preacher, and it's not happened. I know, but the momentum of God He's preaching tonight to a moving church and telling people in this house, you've been weeping for a season, but the Holy Ghost sent me to tell somebody tonight that joy is coming in the morning to your life. God will restore everything that you lost. And I want every devil in this county to hear me. This moving church, this momentum will not be a white revival only. It's going to be an African American revival. It's going to be a Hispanic revival. It's going to get inside the student ministries. I felt in the Holy Ghost. I don't know who's over Sunday school, but I felt in the Holy Ghost. God was going to give the Sunday school kids an unprecedented move of the Spirit where kids will be filled with the Holy Ghost on unprecedented, level, unprecedented levels. There is fixing to be a move in this house. I'm telling you tonight, some are saying, well, we've heard that for years. Well, hear it again. I'm telling you in Jesus' name, the Holy Ghost sent me to tell this church, I'm fixing to move you to a place that you didn't think you could go. I'm fixing to take you to a dimension you didn't 
everything was possible. I'm going to give you a revival of the broken. I'm going to give you a revival of divine momentum. I'm going to move this church to the next level. You hear me, somebody I felt in the Holy Ghost to tell somebody, you have sold in tears, but you shall reap in joy. You have sold for many years, and you've asked God when the harvest is coming home. And I feel to tell somebody, this year, the harvest is coming home. This year, God is going to bring to pass everything he said he would do. Is anybody interested tonight in being a moving church? Is anybody interested tonight in seeing God move in unprecedented life? This moving church, this river that flows in a moving church, Brother Griffin, healings take place in a moving church. Just a few weeks ago, I had a lady pray back through. I talked about it this morning, again, gone seven years. She had surgery on her leg. When she had the surgery, the doctor, I hate it, but he messed something up drastically in her leg. Severe pain, couldn't fix it. On a cane, very young lady in her 60s. Walked in the church that Sunday morning, limping, limping, hadn't prayed back through yet, just on the pew. Holy Ghost started moving, started doing what he does. Wasn't nothing special, wasn't nothing climbing over the pews, laying hands on people. It was just a good service. Made the altar call, she prays through. I told you about it this morning, she fell back. That always makes me nervous. Pray the Holy Ghost is in it. Amen. We don't have catchers. It better be God talking to you. <laughs> she fell back that day. And on Wednesday night, she told me. She said, Pastor Davis, she said, when I got up, every bit of the pain in my leg was instantaneously gone. That's been eight weeks ago. The cane's not there. The pain's still gone. I can't explain all I can tell you. If the spirit gets to moving inside of a moving church, miracles can happen. It don't take preachers laying hands on you. I'm all for that, but it don't take all of that. All God needs is somebody to say, God, I'm ready to be a part of the body that you called me to be. I want to be a moving church. I want to see your momentum on me. I'm almost done. Someone come to the piano. Luke Shipman, who in here is 12? Anybody 12 years old? Anybody 12? Yeah, awesome. Luke's your age, great kid. Hurt his arm real bad, fell off a play set, went to the doctor, put him in a cast, sling. Now we're at Monday night prayer meeting where stuff ain't supposed to happen. All right? About six people showed up. You know, I was mad. I was mad that night. I thought, oh, God. Nobody come to prayer. <laughs> I'm sulking about it, bro. We end, and I feel, just call them all the front. Well, let me, let me just say this. It's easy to pray for somebody who has back pain because I can't see your back. Right? I can't see what's going on in your back. If you've got cancer, we can pray and believe God's going to heal you, but I, I can't see it right then. But if you've got a broke arm or a broke leg or a sprain, I can see that. And the Holy Ghost spoke to me and said, I'll gather around the front. And as Luke's walking up, the Holy Ghost said, I want to show you my power tonight. I want you to pray for him. I thought, now, God, if he don't get healed, hello, it's your servant Brad here. <laughs> Luke comes to the front. 
And he sling on. And you got to know Luke was a very quiet kid. And, and uh, I said, Luke, buddy, I said, I, I really believe God wants to show you his power tonight. I, said, I, I think God wants to heal that arm. So, Brother Griffith, I prayed for him. And, and there wasn't no angels dancing. Wasn't no fire falling. No one gave out tongues and interpretation. Nothing happened. Literally, I, I left there again, stressed out. I get home. They live in Baytown outside of Houston. And his mama texts me. Shepard Davis, I just had to tell you. Oh, here we go. She said, Luke got home. And he got in his room and he noticed the pain all of a sudden is gone. And he came out and his hands straight and there's nothing wrong. That's been three months ago. And he's still paid free. And he's still healed. Can I tell somebody tonight that same Jesus as the man of God said a while ago is in this house tonight. And he can heal your body on a pew right now. He can touch your mind. I'm just telling this church, you better get ready tonight. It's going to be common in this house for cancer to be healed. It's going to be common in this house for disease to be healed. It's going to be common in this house for God to set free the prostitute, the drug addict, the alcoholic. I'm talking to a church and telling you God's ready to move in unprecedented ways. I saw Stan. The psalmist said, Psalm 126, I want to read 5 and 6 together. They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. He that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. I end tonight with two things. I end for people who have sowed tears into lost families. I end for people who have sowed tears and you have asked God for a breakthrough in your personal life. But it's just not came yet. I'm here to tell you. I'm telling the Lord. I believe sent me to tell you. That all those tears that you feel like were wasted. They've not been wasted. And the Holy Ghost, I'm telling you. He's fixing to bring joy. How is it going to be joy when you see your baby restored back to life again? How is it going to be joy when you've been empty inside and the joy has been gone in your life and it feels like someone punched you upside the mouth and you've got nothing left? All of a sudden, hear me right now, what may seem like I'll never get back, God can do it in one instance. I want to preach to everyone. I mentioned this a few minutes ago. Under the sound of my voice, who feels like I don't have the right last name has felt like I don't have the right status in society I'm preaching to you who feel like your insecurities outweigh anything you have good to offer you hear me tonight the rock as I said a few minutes ago he is no respecter of persons and he wants to free you tonight from ever thinking again that God can use me who was it brother Griffin in Acts, they went to Jason's house, the Bible said, and they asked, where are these men that have turned their cities upside down?
are these people who are causing havoc in the kingdom of God? I'm preaching tonight about a man named Timothy who you don't know. Timothy is a man in Nigeria. I sat and spoke with the missionaries just two weeks ago, Jen and I at a restaurant, and I was blown away as they told Timothy's story. Timothy came from a long line, a murderer, almost like the Apostle Paul, a long line of horrible crimes, horrible things in this country he had done and sins he had committed. And God filled that man with the Holy Ghost. He went to a Bible school. Hear me tonight. Talk about a modern day Saul to Paul. Went to a Bible school. They taught him truth. She told me, she said, Brother Davis, she said, Timothy, nobody knows his name. He's just a moving church. She said, Timothy is sending us emails and pictures once a month where he is baptizing them by the hundreds across Nigeria. You won't see his name tonight go across ESPN. But in the, in the heavenlies, God takes good records. And I'm preaching tonight. I'm ending by telling this church, nobody here is insignificant. Everybody here has a part in this body. And the Holy Ghost said me to tell you, I'm fixing to do an unprecedented thing, but make sure you move with the body. Make sure you don't hide the rock. Make sure you don't guard the rock so closely that nobody sees the rock. Isn't it funny? And I'm done, but isn't it funny? When God came for 12 disciples, He didn't come to Paris UPC. He didn't come to Life Point Church where I pastor. But He picked some people that nobody thought was worth picking. Anybody ever heard? This, this story knocked me off my feet just a few weeks ago. Anyone ever heard of Simon the Zealot? He's a disciple in the Bible. Do you know that the word zealot means he was a modern day terrorist? He terrorized the church of the Roman government. He wreaked havoc. He killed people. He murdered people. And Jesus said, I think you'll be a good pastor. Come on. God wasn't interested in how good your suit looked. He didn't care if you had the right shoes, the right shirt. He could care less. He just wanted somebody that inside the heart said, I, I can use that right there. It's that Jeremiah 18. Let me take it down, Jeremiah, and see if I can't do a work on this vessel. And the Holy Ghost today, I'm telling you, is in this house tonight commissioning people and telling you, stop saying, I could never. I don't have this. I'm not from a preacher's family. I'm not in the right home. I didn't come from the best. No, no, no. You're the person God called. You're the person God called for this season. I feel so much faith in this house. Hear me tonight. There's no telling what God's going to do in this body. Don't tell me you can't have 100 kids in a youth service. Don't tell me you can't have 100 kids in a church service. Don't tell me you can't have 500 in a church. Why? Because God is moving. God is operating in the body. Ask, Lord, use me. God, I want to do something for you. And God sent me to tell you, okay, if you're serious about this, I'm fixing open doors for you that no man can shut. And when I do, you make sure you move through that in confidence and in boldness. I'm very
very careful what I'm about to say. We're saved by the preached word. I get that. God chose, the Bible says, the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. But I, I'm not stupid. because I know sometimes a preacher screaming at you give you a headache. So I'm not stupid. Some of the best preaching I ever heard in my life was over a cup of coffee. I, I like apostolic preaching, man. I'll run, I'll dance, I'll roll. I believe in all that stuff. That's apostolic. We can't lose that stuff. But nothing like sitting down with somebody at Starbucks, at IHOP, and they ask you, man, what is it that you got that I ain't got? And all of a sudden, that moving church wakes up. So this, this is who I'm talking to. You want this? Yeah, I'm hungry about this. Brother Scott Graham told the story years ago. He said, I had a visitor come to church with his friend. He said, I knew when he came, when she came that day, or he came that day, I thought, Lord, please don't let her sit at the front of the church. Because you know where sister so-and-so sits, and she always acts crazy during that time of the service. <laughs> he said, sure enough, church started, and would you know it, sister so-and-so went buck wild. She shouted, she danced, she hugged and bugged. I was embarrassed. I thought, dear God, what have we done? We've ruined this man ever winning him to you. So we're driving home. I'm fixing to let him out of the car. I said, I sheepishly, well, how'd you like that service? He said, I want to tell you something. He said, I don't know about anybody else there or not who was dead. He said, but when I get whatever you have, I want it just like she got it. He said, the rest of you cats, y'all ain't got nothing for me, he said. But whatever she had, I got to get that. Hear me. I'm not ashamed of who we are. I, I, make, I, make, I make no apologies for how I worship. You shouldn't either. We all worship in our own way. I get all of that. But I make no apology for how I worship, how I dance. Matter of fact, be careful how you judge a worshiper. Michael was, got so mad at David because she thought, man, you're a good apostolic preacher. Don't you know, David, you're not supposed to worship like that? And the Bible said when she became a despiteful worshiper, from that day forward, she was barren. And she never bore children again or ever had children. Why? Because praise and worship is so powerful. I've seen services where people took off running, took off dancing, and it seemed foolish to the world. But it broke something above people's heads. What is that? That's a moving church. And there are people, I'm telling you right now, you may do it at Starbucks, IHOP. I'm all for that stuff. But whatever you do, be a moving church. Be a body that doesn't just keep it here. But my God, be a body that when they see you, you've not been baptized in lemon juice. They see your smile. They see there's something moving in this body. I'm telling you tonight, I really am done. I've said it 35 times, I know. But I'm telling you in Jesus' name, the Holy Ghost wants to release people in this house who have said God could never use me. I'm here to tell you, in the name of Jesus, tonight is going to be a different night. He wants to commission you. He wants to use you. He wants you to be a moving church. As they begin to sing, why don't you come tonight to the front? Let's pray, God, help me to be a moving church. Your divine momentum. It's on this body. It's on these people. Come on, church. There's a move of the Holy Ghost in this house tonight. All the miracles I've seen. It's too good tonight. That's it. Come on, somebody. God, use me. God, if you can use it in 
Come on, somebody pray for God.